It's really interesting because the title, and I always title, but I don't usually mention titles, um, of this particular message is Living Sacrifice. And there are things in our life, in our, work, in our walk with God that require sacrifice. But let's read it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So this thought has been following me since Mildura, that we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Yet if you read, and according, you know, to tradition, and if you read the, the Torah and you have a look at sacrifices with the bulls and the goats and all the, the, the myriad of different animals that they sacrificed back then, they were sacrifices to God, but they weren't living sacrifices. They weren't living sacrifices. They were animals that were alive, that were killed, and then their blood was poured out on the altar. Yeah? Oh, some of them... Some of the animals could have been partially eaten. But overall, at the end of it, they were all burned. But they were killed and then they used parts for different things. They weren't living. They were, eventually, they were dead. <laughs> they were dead. That's it. That was over. They're dead. Thank you for the sacrifice. You're dead. Thank you for giving us your blood. That meat was a bit chewy, but we burnt it all up. God's happy. Uh, you're dead. <laughs> Yet, in this passage of Scripture... We're, we're told that and urged even to be and to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. The animals that were offered, the whole animal was used, every part of it, yeah? There's nothing left over. It was completely offered to God and it was used in the worship of God. And now we're being urged, begged to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, I want to suggest that God wants all of us in our worship of him. Yeah? Yeah. But it takes a little bit of a turn and a shift and a change because we don't get killed first and then laid out on the altar and then burnt up or eaten or partially used. Right? We're alive. We're supposed to be a living sacrifice. This is all very confusing until I get to my point, let me tell you. It's all very confusing for me. Because to be living and to be a sacrifice are polar opposites. Yeah? You, you, can't, you can sacrifice stuff in your life, but when we're talking about Scripture and being a sacrifice, we're talking about death. So how do you be a living sacrifice? One's obviously alive, living, you know, pretty easy in the English for once. And the other one, well, you're dead. You're finished. Yet we're called, we are actually called and urged to be, to be both. So here's the thought. We're urged to be a living sacrifice. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. To be a living sacrifice means that it's something that's sacrificed daily. It's living. It's living. You have to sacrifice daily. You're living it has to be a sustainable sacrifice. You understand? It, it, you have to be a sustainable sacrifice to be able to be sacrificed daily, to be a living sacrifice. You have to be sustainable. How can we as Christians live a life where we're a sustainable sacrifice before the Lord? A living sacrifice. Something that used to bring and was and pictured death, but now is something that we're saying, be alive. 
you're thinking, where's he going? I'm really confused. Me too. Oh, no, I will. <laughs> See, I think as believers, we're being urged to present our bodies as a sustainable sacrifice before the Lord. Because if it's not sustainable, how do we present our bodies day after day after day after day? Yeah? If it's not sustainable, because it says present your bodies, how do we present our bodies if it's not sustainable? How do we present our bodies today? We wake up, we're Christian. How do we present our bodies as a living sacrifice today? Tomorrow you wake up, how do you present your body as a living sacrifice tomorrow? The next day you wake up, how do you present your body as a living sacrifice the following day? How, how do we actually do that? I'm very glad you asked. So it requires action, <laughs> partnership on our part. It requires us to actually do something with the Lord, for the Lord. So the, the old form of sacrifice requires the spilling of blood. And the blood represents life. There's life in the blood, yeah? So to be a living sacrifice calls us to pour out our lives daily. If we're to be a living sacrifice, the way, in the same way a normal sacrifice of animals, they would use the blood, its life source, then for us to be a living sacrifice, we need to be able to pour out of our lives every single day. Not just once a week, not just Sunday, not just on Bible study night, not just when you feel like it, not when you're strengthened. Every single day, if you're a Christian, you are called in this passage of Scripture to present your body as a living sacrifice, to pour your life before the Lord. Because the sacrifice was before God. So we're being asked to pour our lives out before the Lord every single day. And the only way to present ourselves as a living sacrifice is that we have to physically bring ourselves to the Lord every day. Mindfully make a decision. Mindfully know that, hey, I, I am being urged here to present my body as a living sacrifice. So today, Lord, I'm going to pour my life out for you. I make a decision today. I present. I present myself. I come forward. You know, I believe Paul gives us the answer on how to be this living sacrifice. I believe Paul gives us the answer on how to sustain that type of living in the verses that follow. But it's a really confusing passage of Scripture because it's an, another one of those paradoxes of faith because sacrifice requires death, yet we're called to be a living sacrifice. See, this is how I believe it works, that daily, as a living sacrifice, we walk ourselves and place ourselves on the altar, the altar that leads to death, a death to self, a dying to self. We're constantly told, talked about in Scripture to count the cost, pick up your cross, yeah? die to self. Not my will, your will. Sin isn't necessarily the things that you do. Sin is not doing the will of God and choosing to do your own will. And here we're being urged to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, poured out before the Lord. Romans 12.2. Let's see if I can <laughs> bring some understanding here. If it's a living sacrifice, it has to be sustainable because if it's not living, then it's dead. Is that a fair call? That's pretty easy Pretty, pretty easy picture, yeah? 
They kill animals, the animals are done. The next animal, they've got to go get a fresh one because that one's dead, yeah? Now, we're a living sacrifice. So as a living sacrifice, we have to be sustainable because if we're dead, dead, then how do we sacrifice again? We can't. But we have to present our bodies daily. So Paul now gives us the answers on how to do that. Romans 12, 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If we're going to be able to present ourselves as a living sacrifice daily for the Lord, then daily we're going to have to renew our minds. Yeah? Part of being a living sacrifice is renewing our minds. Because whenever we're a living sacrifice, something in us has to die. All right? So if we're going to renew our minds, we renew our minds with the Word of God. But what are we renewing our minds from? We're renewing our minds from the way that the world would see things. Yeah? The way that out there, people without God, the way that they would determine things. So Lord, I need to today present myself as a living sacrifice. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to put on the mind of Christ and I'm going to put to death that old mind. Yeah? Sacrifice that, living sacrifice. Tomorrow, start again. Every single day. See, we can't live a Christian life and be a daily living sacrifice unless we can learn to renew our minds. Otherwise, we're going to be tossed about like reeds and by the wind and the waves because we won't know where to go because this sounds right, but I'm not sure. What does God say about stuff? We need to renew our minds constantly. We need to align our hearts and minds with God's way of thinking. Here's a comment, yeah? Stone me if you will. The world, those that don't believe in God, the world is against God. I know that is mind-blowing. How can it be? The world loves God. No, it does not. If it did, it would worship God. But people that don't worship God, don't love God, don't think the way that God does. That's why it says in Isaiah 55.8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Yeah, The world can't think like God. So if we're going to renew our mind, we need to know that some of our thoughts, if they're not God's thoughts, then to be a living sacrifice, we present those thoughts to him. We renew our mind with his and we allow that other stuff to die. Yeah, Present, I urge you. We're often surrounded by thoughts that contradict God's thoughts. So to be a daily living sacrifice, to be able to sustain that type of sacrifice, then we need to make a decision to reject the way the world thinks. Yeah. We need to make a decision to replace it with the way that God thinks. I reckon that's pretty good. Yeah. Since we're surrounded by a world whose thoughts contradict God's, we need to make conscious decisions to reject that way of thinking. We just do. We absolutely do. Basically, we need to reprogram our minds daily. Yeah? So we can imitate God and not the world around us. Because we're supposed to be Christians, Christ ones. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to love the world and embrace the world so they can discover the love of God, but we're not supposed to be the world. We're just not. We can't be. So how do we do this? How do we renew our mind? This will be mind-blowing. This will be, you've never heard this revelation before. Read your Bible. Like seriously. Let's embarrass each other. How many of us have got our Bibles in church today? 
We're in church. I know I'm old. I know I'm almost 50. But when I first got saved all those years ago, we used to buy special leather covers to put our Bibles in, yeah? And we'd zip them up and we'd, make, we'd walk in with them, you know? We may, maybe we never opened them. But the point was that we brought them everywhere we went. Now, I know we live in an age now where everything's on here, yeah? On our phones. And so we use those. That's okay. But have one or the other. Seriously, have one or the other. If you're going to go to church, have a Bible with you in case the minister at the front is telling porky pies so that you know that he's like, oh, he's reading from the Word. That's awesome. He might be on, the, on point here. Read your Bible. But here's the thing. You've got to prayerfully read your Bible because who knows that reading the Bible can be really hard, not because reading's hard, because flipping heck. Right, read the Bible, but I wanted to play Xbox. My favourite show's on television. Lucifer. It's on Netflix. I know you're, everyone's saying, oh my goodness, what have I walked into today? It's actually a comedy, but don't, don't get into that. Right? Suits. My favourite show, Suits. There you go. We just made it PG friendly. You know, but I, I want to read. And then you sit down to read and then tell me, who's ever had this thought? Where do I start? Should I, should I go to the gospel? Should I read the Old I don't know if I want to read the Old Testament. Uh, should I read one chapter? Should I read two? I should go to Revelation. I don't know if I want to read Revelation. Maybe I'll just do a devotional. What's that, hun? Yeah, I'll turn the TV on now. Has anyone had a thought when they've sat to read the Bible that's distracted them or prevented them from reading? Really, be honest. Come on. If we're, if we're to be real, all of us have. It doesn't matter how long we've been Christians. But the more we learn to renew our mind, the more we learn to be a living sacrifice, to sustain the Christian life and present ourselves to the Lord. And you know what, God, I want to read the Word. I want to renew my mind, but I've got this other stuff that keeps fighting for my attention. I'm putting the, I need to put that to death. I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice, and I need to do that every day. Yeah? And the more we do that, the, you've got to hear me, the easier it is to read, your, read the Bible as that, for that example. Whatever it is that you're putting to death daily with the Lord so that you can renew your mind, whatever it is, I'm telling you, that thing as you put it to death as a living sacrifice daily will have less and less and less and less hold on our lives. It just does. We need to read it. We need to meditate on this baby. You know, I love the Kindle, I love electronic stuff, but what I really miss on paper books and, and paper Bible is the ability to scribble notes, you know? And, like, seriously, I, I, I find stuff, I've got Bibles at home, some really old stuff, and every once in a while I open them up, and have you ever read an old note and you think, that is really good? It's obvious I wrote that, I can tell it's my writing. Well, I wouldn't have thought that now. You know, like you bring yourself revelation because when you stop, when you read, God speaks. You know, I heard T.D. Jakes put it this way. When you're reading a book, you're reading the author's thoughts. And as you read his thoughts, it generates and stimulates thoughts within yourself. 
Yeah? So he loves reading and keeping his own book. So he writes stuff as stuff stimulates within him. So it's the same with the Word of God. We're reading the author's life, thoughts, what he wants us to know. And as we do that, then the Holy Spirit starts to stir within us. And when that other thing's there that says, you know, you can do it, why don't you just do it later? Everybody knows later never comes. Yeah? Present yourselves to the Lord yeah, as a living sacrifice. Pour out. Yeah? I'm making a sacrifice here, God. I don't want to read, but I'm going to read. I'm going to pour out the very thing that's that, that, it's just killing me. You need to burn this thing up. We need to do that. I love that it says that, if, you see, if, if, we, if we can do this, back in verse 1, it actually goes on to say, if you can present yourself as a living sacrifice, as a sustainable sacrifice before the Lord, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. If you're, not, if you're not prepared, if we are not prepared to live a Christian life where we are a living sacrifice poured out before the Lord, we will never know his good, pleasing and perfect will. All you'll know is that he died on a cross. All you'll know that is that you're saved. All you'll know is that your eternity is assured and you'll have nothing else. Nothing else. You will miss out on the myriad of blessings that God has for each and every one of us. Yeah. Every parent that gives birth to a child generally speaking, because of the not ideal world that we live in, doesn't birth a child for the simple, the simple act of birthing a child. Yeah? They have plans for that child, plans to grow it, to rear it, to nurture it, to love it, to instill hope, to see it grow, to see it mature. Do you think God's different? Do you think he just wants us to come to the cross and say, thank you, Jesus, and then just stop? Come on, snap out of it. No way. Like I, I used to be really hard with my girls, really hard with my girls, because I wanted them to be around the things of God, because I know there are things that God has for them. And we all parent different, yeah? I'm just using them as an example. But for me, the things of God, getting around the things of God were more important than anything else. So if they wanted to miss youth and go out with their friends, they couldn't go out with their friends, school friends. As far as I was concerned, they had to be at youth or they had to be at church. And if they did that, then yes, absolutely, go out with your friends. Because I wanted them to be in an environment where they could actually have a pressure, a peer pressure that comes from the things of God. Does it make any sense? And sometimes we need to be a people that provide that pressure for those that are around us. It's like, come on, Mel. Have you been? I haven't seen you at church lately. And it's not to make people feel guilty, please. It's not about that. But it's like, I actually love you. What's going on? Let's do coffee. Let's read. Let's pray. Let's do something together. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Put yourself in a place where you might actually have to die. The reality is the more we renew our minds, the easier the things of God become and the more natural they are to do. It becomes easier. Stacks of stuff becomes easier. Loving your enemies become easier. It's not, it's not, it is not easy loving your enemies. Some enemies have enemies. You know, like they're just like, wow. Another way to, be, to sustain being a living sacrifice, Paul shows us in Romans 12, 6 to 8, it's to use our gifts well. We all have gifts. It says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul tells us to use whatever gift God's given us for the, to the best of our abilities. Whatever the gift is, do the best job you can. See, Father God, Papa has given us these gifts for a purpose, for a reason. Yeah? And so he says, use them. Use them. Use the gifts. But to be a living sacrifice in the use of your gifts sometimes requires a death. Yeah? It requires you taking, okay, you might be, um, you might have a, a lovely, warm spirit that encourages. But you're an introvert and you don't like people. Well, not all the time anyway, yeah? So you know God's given you this gift of hospitality and encouragement, but you're naturally wired to want to spend time with yourself to be a daily sacrifice. looks like this, Lord, you know, I know this. I know so-and-so needs some encouragement, but I just need some rest at home. I'm going to present myself on the altar as a living sacrifice. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to let him deal with the very thing that's stopping his gift outworking, yeah? Sometimes something has to die for the gift within us to come forth. Yeah? If you're a teacher or you want to be a teacher, you may like spending time kicking the football, riding a motorbike, but if you want to be a teacher, you're going to have to go to school and study. Something has to die for the gift to come to the forefront. Yeah? To be a living sacrifice, there's always a death yeah, of something that God wants to take from us because it's not really that good for us. Yeah? We just have to see the way that he sees. I love the painting that Grace brought because our theme this year was seeing, and I know Ross spoke to her, and there might be some other meaning behind it, but as far as I'm concerned, when I look at that, I think of the word that God gave us for the year. You know, What do you see? Are you seeing what I see? Are you looking through my eyes? Can you see what I'm believing for? Are you only looking through your own eyes? Do you only see your own circumstance? Do you only see what's going on? Sometimes the sacrifices that are required to be a living sacrifice, we won't understand unless we see through his eyes. Yeah? You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 4, he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It's a sacrifice to use your gifts daily. You've got them, use them. If you've got a prophetic gift, don't be frightened to share a prophetic word. Yeah? Hello? Something has to die. Doubt. Something has to die. Fear. As long as your word is uplifting, encouraging, strengthening, comforting, you're on the money. Step out in faith. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Use the gift God's given you and allow him to put that other stuff to death. Allow him to burn it up on that altar. Pour your life out for it. Yeah? Especially if we're supposed to be a body, a family, in unity, working together. Different parts make up the whole body. All of us have got to use the gifts that God's given us. So present yourself as a living sacrifice. Whatever it is that's stopping you moving in that way, put it to death. Give it to the Lord on the altar. So many Christians have got wonderful gifts that are locked up with, with, oh, with let's just say, chains and keys because they're carrying offence. 
So they sit in a house, in a, in a church house, with people they love and people that don't, they don't love, and because of offence they carry, they don't allow the gift that's within them to come out. But they're called to present themselves as a living sacrifice, a living, daily, sustainable sacrifice. It requires a death. Whatever that thing is, kill it. Let God kill it. So that we can be the Christians that we're called to be. You know, I wouldn't be standing here today if I didn't work hard to develop my gifts. It requires a sacrifice. If I want to present myself as a living sacrifice before the Lord, I'm still studying and I'm still occasionally failing a subject. Not that I fail a subject, but you know, it's, some things are really tough, but you do what you have to do so that you can be who God's called you to be. He hasn't just called you to sit on your, on your butt wearing a nappy for the rest of your life He's a parent that has got plans and purposes for us all, yeah? You know, Romans 12, 9 to 10 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. One of the hardest things about being a living sacrifice is that you really, 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 really need to love each other. Just let that one sing for a minute, yeah? Like you really, 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 really have to love each other. Don't even worry about the people that are in the room because you might look at the two people might look at the same person, who knows? But think about the people that you know in your life that really, 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 really need your love. And you know if you're going to love them, that's going to require a sacrifice. I urge you, brothers, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Love on the unlovely. Both the NIV and the NLT. Read really well. Love must be sincere. You know, I hate what is evil. But the NLT says, don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. That's what the NLT says. Don't just pretend. Don't just wave. You know, the raw wave. You ever seen that? I was told a story. I was told a story yesterday. It's really quite funny because if you know any of my European ethnic background. But um, old, old family members are very European exceptionally so old-fashioned and they'd never been to church and never been to church their son's been a christian as long as i have 30 odd years never been to church and he was speaking at church and somehow they managed to get his parents to church and the pastor of the church before this particular young man got up to speak i think it was just a communion message you know said oh i just want to honor so-and-so's mum and dad for being here first time in 30 odd, 30 odd years that have actually stepped into a church because their son was going to speak and, and the dad oh such a European stood up and goes <laughs> I, I would have loved I would have loved to have been there you really have to love people properly even those that you can't love if you were ask a child, they would tell you really easily, how do you, love, how do you love people? Well, pray for them. Give them lollies. Give them chocolate, yeah. Do nice things for, thing, for them. Share things with them. Maybe take them out for a coffee. Maybe a tea. Maybe, maybe a piece of cake. Yeah? Have them over to your place. Open your doors. Speak nicely to them. Actually listen to them. Don't just quickly walk past and... And don't judge a Sunday by that because Sundays, sometimes it's really busy. Some, some of you are rushing out. You've got family commitments. If it's me, I'm, I'm looking around saying, hi, how are you going? Oh, I haven't said hello over there. Hi, how are you? you know, don't, don't judge a Sunday. But, but judge every day. Look at every day. Really love on people. Give them a hug. Give them a present. 
My wife loves presents. She gets one at Christmas and her birthday. <laughs> Give of your time for them. Yeah? If, if life is found in the blood and the blood's poured out on the altar, yeah, part of what makes up our life, our blood, is time. See, each and every one of us is ageing from the moment that we were born. And the reality is, the morbid truth is, from the moment we were born, we started to die. <laughs> wow, that's an exciting message. So when you give someone of your time, you can't get it back. You've actually given of your life. Be a living sacrifice, presenting yourselves before the Lord. Something has to die. So maybe that time that you wanted to sit on your recliner in your armchair, doing your reading, your favourite TV show, eating your chips, playing your Xbox... When I say Xbox, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, those things, maybe they, they are the things that need to die so that other stuff can actually live, so you can be a sustainable, a sustainable daily, day after day sacrifice for the Lord, yeah? Now, this is how we can love each other practically. It's not always easy, especially for those that we struggle with from time to time. And we all have people we struggle with. We have people we struggle with in church. We have people we struggle with at home. We have family members that we'd rather not turn up to particular things. I know some of you have got perfect families and that doesn't happen. Yeah? But this, this, it says in Romans 12, verse 1, right at the end, this is your true and proper worship. Your true and proper worship. This is you and I living out this life that Jesus calls us to live, being a light unto the world around us. It's being a living sacrifice. You know, there's a plethora of scriptures that I won't use that talk about that we need to love each other. You know, just read 1 John or read John. Either of those, you'll get a whole bunch of stuff. But all of those verses are just reminding us to love one another, even those that are hard to love. At our board meeting the other night, we read a devotional because before we jump into our board meetings as a church, we normally bring a, a, a word. And um, unfortunately, somebody wasn't there that was supposed to bring the word. I'm not mentioning their name. It's the only female on the board. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway so <laughs> fortunately, to the rescue came our chair. And uh, he just had a devotional book by Peter Scazzaro. And um, he read a quote. And I just want to... I, I haven't captured it because I'm trying to remember it, yeah? So I wrote it down. But it, it was along these lines. To love others practically is the hardest and most dreadful thing compared to loving others in dreams. Yeah, yeah. You just get that for a minute. To love others practically is the hardest and most dreadful thing compared to loving others in dreams. And then he has a question at the end of this devotional, and he says, who, it is, who is it in your life that you know will be hard and dreadful to love? Yeah. If we're going to be a living sacrifice, we really, 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 we need to really love, love others. Yeah, <laughs> we're urged to be a living sacrifice people who love are born of God and it, isn't it interesting that in John 13, 34 and 35 it says by this you'll know if you're my disciples if you have love for one another so be that living sacrifice present your bodies as a living sacrifice whatever it is that hinders you allow the Lord to put it to death allow him to burn it whether it's your dislike of someone get over it Jesus got over us <laughs> None of us deserve that. None of us deserve that. Yeah. None of us deserve that. Are we deserving of it now? 
Now we're valuable because of it. We're deserving because we're his children. But over there, we were, we were sinners. We weren't deserving of that. When we are loving people, if we're going to be a living sacrifice, we need to live those with the same mindset that Christ had. Renew your mind with the reading of the word so we understand how we can love on each other. Amen? I'm just looking at the time. There's a whole bunch of stuff, but um, you know, we need to, to be sustainable sacrifice. We need to live in unity with each other. And unity is not uniformity. And um, I, I just spent the last couple of days at a conference and a, a speaker from New Zealand, and I'm just really just want to grab a couple of quick points. And he, um, Paul de Jong said this, that unified togetherness is the heart of God. It's the heart of connection. And he said a spirit of unity of one, it's, a, it's one spirit, yeah? And a spirit of togetherness. And he, he said that nothing can be built unless there's this spirit of togetherness. But what he went on to say is, I'm not saying yes, people. I'm saying we need in our midst people who are yes in spirit. And what he was trying to come and bring across to us, and if we're going to be a living sacrifice, some of us are going to have to sacrifice at times. It's like this. I have my opinion. You have your opinion. You have the same opinion that Melanie has. Can't believe it, dude. Anyway... <laughs> Ryan has the same opinion that Kieran has, but I have a different opinion to all three. Now, unity doesn't mean that I agree with them. Unity of spirit means that I go, you know what? I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing what you guys see, but I'm not going to be demeaning. In grace and love and mercy, I'm still going to speak to them and treat them exactly the same way. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to trust you guys on this one. It looks like I'm the odd one out. Rather than saying, no, it's obvious you're wrong. You can't be Christian and think that. It sounds like the political parties at the moment. You can't be Christian and think that. Like it's, oh, my. When will people just learn to be, live in unity and harmony? Yeah? So some think different to what we do. Or, you know, vice versa. It's not for us to point fingers. It's for us to be Christ-like. It's for us to be a living sacrifice. It's for us to put our agenda on the altar. Yeah? and allow what God's placed in us, his love and his care and his mercy and his grace to pour out, amen? He's, wouldn't that be what it's like to be a living sacrifice? Because when we're a living sacrifice, something in us has to die all the time, every day, every day. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? Oh, I'm hoping that makes sense. I wanted to get into it a bit more, but... It's important for us to know to be a living sacrifice, one that's sustainable daily. There are just times that we need to come before the Lord. We need to renew our minds. Yeah. We need to read the word. We need to pray basic things. We need to do them. And if they're hard to do, bring the reasons that they're hard to do to the altar. Be a living sacrifice. Yeah. We need to really love and serve others. We need to Live in peace and harmony with people. That doesn't mean that you have to go along with everything that somebody says. You may have a difference of opinion to me, yeah? That's okay. But 
where the measure of a Christian is, is how they deal with that difference. How do you now deal with that person that thinks different to you? Let's face it, some of you don't like AFL. I have prayed for you and prayed for you and prayed for you. Some of you still haven't come around, but I'm believing for the best. I, I know I'm just talking in jest, but th it's the same, yeah? It's the same. People might like the same sport, but barrack for a different team. It's okay. We will get through this because we have a saviour that's common to all of us that lives in our hearts. 1 John 3.18, I want to finish with this, just says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. The word says that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. How do we live as how do we live as a living sacrifice? How do we become a daily sustainable living sacrifice? We live with Jesus, yeah? But the action is action required, not just in word, yeah, but in action. Sometimes we need to make the decision to allow something within us to be sacrificed so that we can be a living sacrifice that's going to bring health and well-being to the kingdom. Amen? I want to be a better Christian. I want to see God glorified. I want to see brothers and sisters in different churches, in different denominations across different countries. I want to see them unified. I don't want to see them walking around pointing the finger at each other. Really, it doesn't, it doesn't paint a really nice picture for Christendom, does it? <laughs> Look, it's terrible. It's terrible. Be a living sacrifice. Okay, I've got a different opinion. That's okay. Mine's right, yours is wrong, however you want to deal with it. But when you're dealing with each other, be a living sacrifice. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for some of the confusion on how you want us to be a sacrifice that means death, but at the same time you want us to be living. I thank you for Paul that shows us just passage after passage after passage how to be a living sacrifice. I thank you for that. I pray, God, that as we go about our day, that we would learn and capture and take hold of all that it is to be a sustainable, living sacrifice for you. Father, may we not be afraid for things in our life to be put to death, but more so, God, when we realise the things that are a hindrance to us being, a, to being living and alive with you. Father, may we just very openly and courageously present ourselves to you that we might know, Father, your pleasing and good will. Lord, that is our spiritual act of worship. So we thank you. We bless you. <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> we pray for the heater that you'd heal it. But bless our day in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the heater fan. Squeaky heater fan in Jesus' name. We cast you out. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> if anyone can translate Haiti Squeaker fan, please let me know. <laughs>